0: Welcome back to Free Reeling, your movie watching podcast with your friends. I'm one of the friends, Jesse, and with me today is the other friend, Matthew. Say hi, Matthew. Hi. How are you? I'm um, okay. Uh, dealing with back problems, but aren't we all? It's carrying the yes. weight of life on our shoulders. Yes. Um, and we're, join us. Join. Join us. Join with us today. Is our third friend, Grace Benfield. <laughs> Grace, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm good. I was wondering if I was going to get to be a friend or not. I was very.
2: I was on oh, the edge of my Grace. seat.
1: Well, Chris, you're I'm going to tell you right now for some no, reason No, not being a friend.
2: I was quitting. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was.
1: I, I say that, but actually, I was. Well, I. Never mind. I was about to go on length about the weird ways in which I sit and how it hurts my feet, and I have to stop oh, doing no, I, it. I, I get that. Anyway, but I was not at the edge of my seat. I was in fact comfortable. <laughs> so good. There you go.
0: So there's three friends here uh, gathered together to talk about uh, a movie about three other friends taking a journey. <laughs> three friends. Uh, well! <laughs>
1: three, three men who always got along and never had any conflict with each other at all.
0: Yeah, three friends taking a, an epic journey um, through a land that, of mystery and suspense and thrills. Uh, we're talking about the Lord of the Rings trilogy here. No, we're, we're, we're talking about... <laughs> <Jeez>. uh, <laughs>
2: Wow, I watched the wrong movie four times Um, (laughs) How'd you watch it four times? You know, I don't want to talk about it That's fair Um, I'll tell you about it, but we're not (laughs) talking We're talking
0: about the 1979 film, Stalker By, I am bad with pronunciations of uh, names So Matthew, take away names Andre Tarkovsky Thank Thank you I get tongue-tied pretty easily when it comes to names That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, how do do we want to talk about this movie? Not like this is one of those. It's kind of like "Come and See" when we talked about "Come and See." Is like, how do you start talking about a movie like this?
2: Uh, So, well, okay, I'll I'll ask the obvious question: Have either of you seen this prior to this? Uh, No, No, I hadn't. Okay. Um, I know through me talking to both of you about it separately and or together. Uh, We all know that this is an adaptation of the novel Roadside Roadside Picnic by Mm -hmm. um, the Strugatsky brothers. And um, I've I've read it. I'm assuming neither of you have. Is this correct?
0: No, but I've seen the
1: anime.
2: (laughs) You mean Other Side Picnic?
0: Yes, yes, Other Side Picnic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not... I mean... Not quite I mean, is it thing.
0: technically is it technically other side picnic picnic based off roadside picnic too? I have no yes, idea.
2: I I, didn't I, think there, I did I didn't think know there was an other side picnic, but okay,
1: <laughs> okay, it's so, loosely based, loosely yes, loosely okay. in concept. It's also Yuri, <laughs> so you know, it's also what Yuri is gay. <laughs> Matthew, do you not know what Yuri is? How I are do you not. on the internet? Matthew uh, just knows Gundam. God.
2: Yeah, that's really all I know.
0: Matthew knows yeah, Gundam I guess and Berserk, that's... which neither of those are very eerie.
2: Like no. well see, so, a lot of, so a lot of, I man. I So here's the here's the here's the thing. I'm on the internet, but I've never been the most online, I'll say. That's mm-hmm. fair. And um my well, just since we're talking about Gundam, uh my treks into anime are are still very recent other than Gundam. Right. Yeah, no, that's fair. I'm
1: so, I'm I'm making funny a little bit, but it's very reasonable to that's not fine, her, that's not fine. understand what Yuri is. Uh um, I yeah. Yeah, it's just it's like it's like so the equivalent term for for manga about boys in love is Yahweh. Yaoi. Uh Yahweh. Yaoi. Okay. yaoi. That's how you say it, I think. Is the okay. the e, so it doesn't sound like the name of God. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> my
0: favorite, my favorite queer romances are Yahweh. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, mean, I didn't realize I had been reading Yahweh all this time. <laughs> yeah,
1: Yahweh. Yow, um, I think that's how you say it. I could be fucking this up. Some my my friend Charlotte is like shaking her fist at me right now, uh, although. Anyway, um, but, yeah, so Yuri's just, like, it's about girls being in love, and, oh, okay. you know, the broadest possible. Because Other Side Picnic is also, like, a horror manga, and, like, you know. Well, it's also a light novel, I think, originally, so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, they need can... some soldiers, well, I mean... now
2: it has my curiosity, so.
1: Yeah, it's, I'm, I mean, I'm... I have a friend, uh, Shaz Kim. It's pretty alright. Who really loves it, so. You know? So, yeah, I, I Could mean, be good. I'm.
2: I'm very, I'm very happy when media leads me to other media because that's kind of how I have managed. Uh, <laughs> this this culture landscape without an older sibling telling me hey you should listen in to you should listen to this you should watch this these are cool yeah and uh yeah i've not i've not had that so <laughs> i was and, gonna say
0: how bad can it be i finished it and then i realized i finished about every piece of media that I've <laughs> it's like live action tv so it could be pretty bad Who yeah uh, i
2: don't know mr robot's waiting jesse
0: as I said, live action is another story. I dropped those real fast. Yeah. Uh, so Stalker.
2: Yes. <laughs> um, so so uh, neither of you have read Roadside Picnic. Back to that no. question. No. Okay.
1: Yeah. Although I do
2: know it's quite different. Um, yes. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so I I'll just take the reins here and just kind of go on my journey with Stalker, if that's all right with either of you. Yeah. Go. For totally. It. So I, when I moved to Philly, uh, I, in 2003, I found this um, boutique like video rental place called TLA and I would go there three to five times a week, depending on how tired I was and able to watch movies I was at night. Uh, it was right. It was real close to where I worked, so it wasn't like it was a long trek and I'd get home and usually have dinner and uh, my girlfriend at the time and I would watch at least one movie but i could depending on my energy level i could put i could put away two or three so i was writing a a ton of movies and we watched andre rublev and i immediately wanted to see more films by andre tarkovsky i saw he had several others on the shelf and i'm like okay which one of these are available the only one available was stalker it was on vhs so hell yes (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. no this <laughs> Just, is actually
1: that this is like the platonic ideal of a movie you like get curious about and watch on vhs like that's perfect yeah. yeah so
2: i i get it i get home deanna and i watch something else she's ready to go to sleep so she heads to bed and i'm like okay i'm watching stalker and i kid you not i fell asleep to this movie on four separate occasions before I finished it. But I it, it got to the point where I'm like, it's either me or this movie and this movie's not winning. And then when I finally got through it I was like I was confused. I had so many questions and it was one of the, it's one of the few times I've ever been compelled to watch that to like start over just immediately and, and go through and try and see if I could get answers from the movie. Now this is ha- this is where my uh, attention to detail really comes to the forefront because I didn't know it was a book until 2015. <laughs> and I didn't read the book until uh, this year because, you know, I-, I pay attention. I really do, I promise. <laughs> but when I got through it a second time, all of a sudden I realized what I was doing in order to get the answers or the, or at least ask the right questions or try and get the answers to those questions that I had. And it was, I'd realized that like, maybe I had been watching movies incorrectly up to that point. So my love of this movie is more of how it made me interact with it, where I hadn't really done that. I hadn't really done it to this degree before. Yeah. And that's that's why i love this movie so much um now i think we should probably start in terms of like what is Stalker. not necessarily going to roadside picnic because i think i I, I don't need to speak for the entire hour change (laughs) because i really i really could because roadside roadside picnic having read it uh I'm hoping the uh critical folks decide to read it so I can read it again. Roadside picnic is fucking awesome. You should read it um but let's get you both talking. um what is your sense of stalker having gone through it? Well,
0: I'm uh, more than anything. I'm curious, like I know Matthew, you like it, and are you love it. I liked it. Grace, did you <laughs> like it or how how did you feel coming out of it?
1: um so I had a very weird reaction to this movie that I feel like is going to make people yell at me, maybe. Um, although I know other people share this opinion. No, I know. I'm not, I'm not talking about y'all. <laughs> I'm uh, <CDL. laughs> Jesse's ready to yell. Jesse's ready. Jesse's ready to fight. No, I, uh, Suns out,
2: guns out, Jesse Peterson.
1: <laughs> this is a, Okay, so I think this is... Yeah, for a movie that is as slow and contemplative... And, like, ponderous is this. And I want to be clear that I'm not saying... That's not negative. None of that is negative. Right? Sure. I found it really easy to sort of think through and with. And kind of by the end of it, I was like, yeah. Like, I get... I understand what Stalker is. In a way that I feel like a lot of other people... And I think I may have had this reaction coming... Like, if I had watched it in, like, 2017 as opposed to now. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. you know... But like I felt just so Kind of unbeguiled And unmoved by it Even as I like kind of marked The things that it was doing um, it's Like this is a movie yeah That like people talk about Sort of like how do you Yeah like you were talking about Matthew to some degree Like how do you understand Stalker Right yeah. or how do you sort of inflect it And for me it just unfurled very easily um, mm-hmm. And I found it yeah very legible And so it's not a movie that like I can't really love it, and there's certain degrees of me struggling to like it, even <clears throat> because it's i it's a movie I can't I can understand, but that I can't think with, if that makes sense. Um, and to some degree, I think that's just like personal stuff, and I think we'll talk about because maybe I think maybe my read on it is a little flat. Um, but okay. but yeah, that was sort of my general reaction to it, and so part of it as I'm excited, I'm curious because I think the last two episodes i was on we were pretty much on the same wavelength and also i was coming in with movies that i had seen before and that i was a huge fan of right okay and this time it's a movie that i hadn't seen before and that i'm like not an evangelist for at all right okay you know and so yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for the conversation but, but yeah that's general reaction
0: yeah I mean Jessie? for myself yeah I, like coming off of it going into it right, like I was thinking, like, oh man, I can't wait. (laughs) This is Stalker. We're finally doing Stalker. We've been talking about this for ages now. My mind's gonna be buzzing after this. And I and I finished watching it, and I went, huh? That's pretty neat. (laughs) (laughs) It was a pretty cool movie. Um, but I didn't come away from it like. I guess my thing is like, it didn't challenge me in the way that I was hoping it would challenge me in any way. Um, not that this movie isn't challenging in any ways I think it definitely is for some people and it definitely can be for others in a more uh, cerebral way but for me I came out of it going like "Oh yeah, that was basically what everybody's been talking about it didn't really like trick me up or uh, pull pull the rabbit out of its hat or or uh, grab a cane and pull my legs out from under me Like it just kind of kept pushing I think the last scene did, did a little bit of that um, but it wasn't there wasn't enough build up to what the last scene was trying to deliver to me to make it feel like, oh, 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 oh okay, <laughs> but uh, <coughs> but I enjoyed it enough that I plan on rewatching it at some point. But it's not one of those things where like, I was sitting here thinking, it's like, I gotta rewatch this right now." <laughs> yeah, which we've ha- we've had some really like tough movies like that. I was like, I want to show this to someone like right now or at the, like honestly, come and see maybe the toughest movie that we've watched in sense of like how real it is we've watched yeah. some pretty graphic movies and like uh, upsetting movies but come and see is just like this happened people went through this people lived these experiences and i finished that going like i wish i could show some of this right now <laughs> or like when right. we when we did silence i was like silence is really rough but i enjoyed sharing that with someone because i was like this is this is just a good time it shouldn't be <laughs> <laughs> with with Stalker like I was watching in the same room as my dad and stuff and he was like kind of paying attention and asking me a few questions but I'm like I'm like it ah, doesn't really matter if he watches this with me this is my own thing
2: yeah yeah well so I think, that, I think the difference the difference here is that I was I had no prior knowledge of it other than I had seen Andre Rublev and they were directed by the same person yeah whereas you folks have like had circles of people saying hey you'd probably like this or jesse i know you've had me going we should watch stalker for i don't know how long now but yeah <laughs> so um so and, and i i think if i had had that i would probably be way closer to both of you
1: yeah then well i than think I um am. i mean i think that was also part of my reaction was like like because it's just, there is an element of Stalker that's very sort of mythic, right? And this is something mm-hmm. that the movie, because, you know, the three, so I guess let's, let me lay out the premise of this movie, I guess, if,
2: so I can that kind of elaborate on this. That was where I wanted to go next yes. anyway, so go right ahead.
1: Okay, so basically, um, there is this place called The Zone, and in The Zone, there's a room, and the room, is kind it's kind of mysterious, but in theory, you can go there, and it'll grant your deepest wish or deepest desire, right? Mm-hmm. A stalker is a person who can lead people through the zone, which is often dangerous and and frightening, um, to get to this room. And with him, he takes a writer and a professor. Um, and that's that's the movie. Like, it's them going through the zone, right? Yes. Uh, and the before and after, basically, which are also key to this is like it's shot in sepia like this very sort of yellow tone when they're outside Mm -hmm. of the zone and then on gorgeous color film when they're inside right yeah um and you know the movie plays with that stuff a little bit
2: at the end yeah it's the wizard of oz essentially yes
1: yeah totally totally um well i think and i think that's sort of the thing is a lot of the movies and really explicitly concerned with like signs and symbols the trick to the room is a religious rite. it's a pilgrimage the stalker Uh is kind of like clergy he's a like in you know he's sort of on the outs and this is also part of the like this is tarkovsky's last film in the soviet union um and it is difficult to to see like the concern about like borders about sort of the restriction of kind of this mythic these mythical things as not being sort of about that right mm-hmm. about him as a creative and as sort of a uh as explicitly as he could possibly be in the Soviet Union, religious person right um and yeah i think that's i think that that's something that can be just really potent to like find right um whereas yeah like that was sort of the friction i had was that um Yeah, I don't know, is that I think looking at the movie through that lens, it's like, okay, it is sort of this religious pilgrimage, right? Everything sort of, like, slots into that. And I think part of what makes the movie works and part of what makes it resonate for a lot of people is that the movie is coy enough. Like, it's not not like the stalker, like, gets crucified in some, like, symbolically. There is, I guess, one character who wears a crown of thorns, but there's sort of an Mm -hmm. ironic element to that right Um, you know so it it kind of eschews like typical religious imagery and does all this other stuff right so I I think there's a lot of ways that you can like read into it and it's I think that's like that ambiguity and sort of the emptiness and the space for contemplation it has like lets you sort of absorb and feel along with it right in a way that like is really artful i think undeniably like really artful and i definitely understand like why people really get into it but i sort of settled into that with a lot of ease i think in a way that like i want to i mean we can get to this a little bit more but i wanted to feel a little more friction out of it and i think part of that was what i was bringing to it right but summary and some thoughts i guess apologies for going
2: off there no, 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 not at all.
0: You know, this is why I like doing the show because thinking of, like, listening to Grace talk and thinking about what I wanted from this movie and what I kind of got delivered from this movie. It's weird. I don't know who told me this, and whoever did is a liar and a thief. <laughs> um, but what, at some point, someone pitched this to me as a horror movie, and and when you're watching it, they kind of allude to it kind of being a horror movie when they got get into the zone, but it, it it's all threat and no bite it's all it's all bark no bite that's the actual phrase <laughs> right. um but but it's like it's always the stalker going hey don't do that if you do that you're gonna die and then they're like yeah but what if i did it and then they're alive like they keep surviving these right happenstances at times and then you, it makes you question it's like okay then why do they need this guy like yeah it's confusing but someone will figure. well out yeah well i think
1: it. so one of the things yeah I, I have i have like a lot of thoughts about exactly how this because i think i think a lot of what's happening there is sort of religious right? That, like, these two people yeah. keep being afforded grace and then ultimately rejecting it, right? Yeah. Like, that, I think that is quite literally, like, what is happening. That Like, the, the mythical force that sort of explicitly, because the stalker calls, like, the moving through the zone as sort of religious <laughs> trial, right? Or as a trial mm-hmm. or sort of like a moral test, right? And, like, you know, when they, like, go through the, the meat grinder and stuff, like, he explicitly yeah. is like, you're a good person because you could do that right yeah you know and like not everybody can make it through that because there's some sort of element of moral fortitude to it right so i think there is a way in which like the zone is kind of this like set of moral tests that um that it that nevertheless like affords them grace but they can't comprehend or understand that right Um, right Yeah, anyway, so it's a different, it's a little bit of a different tack. But yeah, I think that's, like, what's going on there. And I think the stalker also, like, his expertise is as the person who leads you to the thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then, ultimately, like, they, those people, like, express, that it is indifference, right, to that. Yes. Like, even the, you
2: know, yeah. I'll ask, is it indifference or is it fear? Yeah, I'm. Yes, it's. <laughs> I, I think yes to both. Bl- like, but yeah. and that's the thing. That's the, and that's, and that's sort of the beauty of this. Like, I feel like if this were made in Hollywood, even at the same time. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. Because it would be in English. Um, f- forget like what the Hollywood tropes would be and how Hollywood was sort of was sort of grind all of the. Um, all they would grind it into a sort of palpable blockbuster thing, maybe. But I think because this is in because this is a foreign film and because it's a language that I don't speak, everybody feels like they're delivering lines, sometimes very, very dryly. So when they are faced with that final decision to go in, um, the writer and the professor sort of look at the stalker and go, how come you've never done this?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, you
2: know this is here, why aren't you doing it? And then the stalker just sort of reads to me as like the true believer. Totally, like, yes. I can like I can lead people to this. I can lead people through these trials or to this idea, but I'm I'm not I I am a shepherd in that way. I'm yeah. not permitted in paradise. yeah um, there's sort
1: of uh almost like moses-y kind of vibes, yeah right and well then also that like he's also the only like he finds the zone beautiful right that there's Mm -hmm. like those those i think some of my favorite parts of the movie are like him just like luxurying, right just like sitting in the grass and being like i like this is what living is for is this like right this experience of this connection to like this sort of this other, this sort of divine or, you know, um, whatever you want to call it, right? Because it, you know, it isn't explicit. Like, I'm reading a little bit of the religion into it, even though it's also explicitly conjured, I right? Mean,
2: like, but there's there's also like the element of, I, I guess, passion as well, because I think all of us, ha- all of us individually, as, as people sort of have the things we're passionate about and we'll kind of just give ourselves over to that thing. Mm-hmm and and this is the, the zone is that for the stalker yeah um and like i've you know i not i have a ton of things that i am just absolutely head over heels in love with just as a thing to do that sort of takes me out of the world and into a place of a kind of euphoria or just like a, a state of just Lightness of being, where I am just overcome with happiness, and that could be, that could be a video game, that could be the cinema, that could be reading a book, that could be listening to a really great album, um, and I think that the the stalker's view of the zone in this is very much like that idea, and the the professor and the writer are going, they're like we want to feel this way, but also what's the deal? Yeah. Well, they, they intellectualize it. Right. It's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's also kind of like, um, it's, it's, it also kind of seems to be the educated view and the cynics view of faith as well.
1: mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Am I misreading that?
1: No, I don't think so. And I think that's part of like how, um, the writer is like beholden to the because like, he's like he's like a popular writer right he writes like yeah. paperback novels It's kind of the implication mm-hmm. you know um and and the professor is also like he's part of the, he's, he's a science professor right he's not the professor of the humanities or anything like that right like he's like a physicist mm-hmm. kind of guy, and so they're both kind of beholden to like um like societal pressures and uh you know not necessarily market forces, but kind of similar kind of thing, right? Whereas yeah. the stalker is, like, able to sort of not transcend that, because he still has, like, this responsibility to his family, and he still, like, cares for mm-hmm. them in some way. And also, I think something that I appreciate is that, um, you know, his wife doesn't get a lot of screen time in the movie, but no. she gets this moment at the beginning that is like, like, fuck you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, why are you leaving me yeah. again? You know, even though I think the movie does kind of find that noble, right? It does like give voice to her anger in a way that it doesn't yeah. have to do that, right? Like, um. Anyway, uh, I mean, I just love, the, yeah. I just
2: love that the, that the this this voyage is sandwiched between just two brilliant soliloquies from uh, the actress Alisa Freindlich. I think that's how you oh, say yeah. her name, but but like. For not for being on screen for maybe a total of ten minutes, you remember her. No, oh, totally, yeah, and yeah. Um,
1: I
0: th- I think there's a uh, I don't know if it's explicit. I picked I I picked it up as explicit near the end, but I feel like the stalker can only connect to people that he's taking on this journey too. Like he, he, mm-hmm. he's lost the connection with his family to the point where like he. It felt like he doesn't know how to relate to anybody that isn't going on this journey, um, but he's also kind of scared to take someone close to him on this journey. Yeah, um, I think partially because of what happened to his brother and things like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but at the end, when like they're they're near the room and stuff, they just like his dialogue and his monologuing there a bit like, just made me feel like, oh, no, like, he just wanted to have, he wanted to have a couple bros hang out for a bit, like, this is, really <laughs> this yeah, is the only yeah. way that he knows how to unwind is to take this journey, this scary journey. Yeah, yeah. well,
1: I think, I think there's also an element of, like, because I, you can maybe correct me, because I, I think this is explicitly said, but I could be wrong, but that, like, nobody except his brother, Porcupine, right, has entered yes. the room. Nobody else has done it. Right. So like he's taken. I think.
2: I think it, it's stated that two or three folks have. Yeah. Okay. But all of them have had more or less tragedy befall them shortly after.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Because I, I think, or maybe it's that he, it's not so much that I think nobody else has been inside, but that he's only led one person yeah. who is who is. He's entered. only led one person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think. I think that's right. Yeah. So. Um so I think there is also an element of like maybe this is the one. Right yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh and yeah, that I think plays into I think some of that like almost narrow minded sense, and I think that's also part because I, I do think he is like a really heroic figure. Like he's the most sympathetic character of the Central Three for sure. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but I do think the end of the film, so he has a daughter who um it's not. It's unclear what exactly her disability is, um, but so she is. Yeah, maybe you have some insight on this. Matthew. Th- this
2: is where I'll, this is where I'll do just the the book work on this. Um, because he's gone into the zone so much, he's been affected by it. Yeah, and and therefore it affected his child. Yes. Yeah, so that's... It's, I don't, I, it's not so much. I don't. I don't think it's so much of a disability. I think I know. I know, like the Strugatsky brothers allude to it in the book as sort of a mutation. Right. No, I is, think that's it. But I think
1: there is sort of a there's a way in which she is treated by the outside culture as yeah someone who is like mutated or sort of has an abnormal body. That has yeah, she's like, talked. Ab-
2: she's talked about very much the same way that Boo Radley is talked about before you see him in To Kill a Mockingbird.
1: Right. Yeah. There's sort of a there's sort of a there's a mythic sort of mysterious or horrific quality how people talk about her, but also there's kind of a yes. like she needs to be cared for in ways that like quote unquote normal people don't. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that does in some way like reflect. Yeah. That's not disability is not exactly what is occurring. Like I think you're totally right. But I think there—that is a sort of a a layer, or sort of a something you could read into it, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and she has she can she can move objects with her mind. Yeah, and so I think there is an element of like the zone is here with him, and there's this person because also there's sort of the scenes from her perspective, which then are shot in the color of the zone, right? And there's sort of I think yeah. a sense that like the zone is going to be everywhere. right like and i think i think again it's it's also to me that is like second coming stuff right it's like the the world beyond has arrived and it is going to shape everything like it is going to remake it right um and Mm -hmm. i think she's like the sign that like that is going to happen and that someday you know it won't just be like a stalker leading people into the zone we'll all be living in the zone (laughs) and having to like contend with that you know
2: yeah yeah it's dope isn't it no <laughs> <laughs> no you're listen your enthusiasm is welcome I'll just be like yeah Ugh. um so did you have anything you wanted to say real quick Jess uh
0: no I I. it's one of those things where, the, again another reason why I like doing the show is a movie that I'm kind of lukewarm on or not in this case but movies that I just didn't really care for the discussion makes me go oh yeah that's why it's pretty cool <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I think huh. that's sort of the thing. Is like, there's de- like, there's a reason this movie is like so talked over and beloved, right? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I do just feel very like, you know, yeah, I just feel very. There's so little for me to like chew on, and I think that sounds like the thing is, I feel like I sound like a fucking asshole. Because it's like, but, oh, th- I understand. I, like, people, the plebeians out there don't understand stuff. But like <laughs> I do, and it's mid. I, I don't, think, I, I
0: don't
2: oh. think that
0: Tarkovsky like went out to make a movie that was hard for people to understand. No, I think that's true. Um, yeah, and um, and I think I think a lot of a lot of the <laughs> this is this is for elite minds uh, <laughs> comes from a which
2: which like, I'm in agreement that the people who say that fucking assholes i'm say I think that it right comes now from a lot of like
0: like chuds who who, who, are, who just <laughs> yeah like, who i think like also to,
1: not to be probably don't have the read on the movie that i do and i'm pretty sure i'm more correct than they are <laughs> right like not to be too rude right about that but yeah like anyway continue
0: i just i just think like from everything that i've watched and read about him he seems like the kind of director who kind of hates all of the Mysticism around movies, and he cared more about the humanity of movies, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I know I, one of the videos I linked to you guys when we were talking about this talked about how much he, he hated like Stanley Kubrick in like 2001. And, like, <laughs> that's kind of like why Solaris was made because of 2001. Yeah. Oh, and yes, stuff. I've
1: heard this, yeah, okay, yeah.
0: And so, like, I and I think that is like kind of like the mindset of it is kubrick's like i want to make you lose it <laughs> and tarkovsky's like i want you to just kind of like live someone's life for a moment and even if it's a weird
1: situation you'll you'll get right. you'll get
0: what they're going for
1: yeah yeah totally there is i mean i think that was also sort of some of the frustration for me was kind of this um i think this is also sort of an interesting contrast with all the prior movies that i've brought to the show um is that all those movies are about people going through it in relationship to faith, right? And all of them are sort of, to some degree, like, affirming in some way, right? That there is sort of... There is, like, something like the divine at the other end of that suffering, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But it's still very, like, present, and a lot of them are, like... I mean, particularly Silence is, like, a movie about bodies, like, struggling against this in material thing and the divine like not showing up. Like, you know, in Stalker there were all these moments of like grace, this like way the zone is like making itself known to people, right? And in silence there is so little of that except for these like big dramatic moments, right? Um that and I think that's sort of the thing is for me, like I think I kind of struggle with a movie that is ultimately about one man certainty right that like stalker really mm-hmm. is like a it is a movie about a guy who knows something to be true and it's not that he's not complex or doesn't have some flaws in how he like sees that right but I, he's right about what the zone is i think fundamentally yeah. he is right I don't, yeah. I don't think the movie leads any other question for me um people might disagree with that and like you know i but in my mind, that's just not. And I think that's part of it for me. Is like, if we're gonna talk about God, you gotta talk about this like other shit. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's just, it just, I think it's hard for me to connect in that way, right? Like, and I think part of it is also like, I'm very sentimental. Like, I fucking love Wachowski sure. movies, right? Which are so fucking corny and like big mm. emotions, right? And like, I think yeah. that's part of there is sort of an aesthetic distance, at least in Stalker. Like, I, I can't i can't speak for the rest of Tarkovsky's work i've seen like 20 minutes of ivan's childhood and that's it um so i think it's interesting jesse what you're talking about with sort of this humanistic perspective right um and i definitely got something going on in the movie but i think emotionally it's pretty distant right it's pretty reserved um yeah no, totally. and so and i think that's something again that like i can get into but can be hard for me to to fully like settle into
0: it's a bit weird when you come out of Stalker and you go, Babbitt's Feast was a bit more challenging than Stalker. Was. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's not like the content itself or like the the style of the movie isn't challenging, because I think it is for some people who don't rub well with this style of filmmaking. Yeah. But I think I think you're right. Like, None of the stakes presented um, end up having... Uh, what, I'm trying to find the right word. None of the stakes that are brought up in this movie. Like, I talked about, like, the danger, right? There's always the fear of the zone, but nothing ever happens in the zone. Like, yeah. Like, a little, little bit of spooky stuff happens in the zone. Uh, mm. Oh, no, Casper's around in the zone. But, like, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, they come back. They come back. Like, everybody comes, like, they come back. He's, he's back with his wife. His daughter can move a glass. Um, like, nothing, nothing feels like there was... There's there was no worth in the way like no one no one evolved in the way that I wanted them to.
1: I guess. Yeah, well, good. I think part of that is that it is kind of a movie about like, and I guess this is maybe the struggle because there's sort of the the ending bit where like where the stalker's like yelling about how nobody gets God anymore, basically. <laughs> you know, he's like yeah. all these all these intellectuals like they don't you know they don't understand right, um, and it's kind of the, it is like the moment between like you know before god is going to reveal themselves right and that's sort of what the <laughs> end of the movie is like that is going to occur but it's not going to happen on camera right like we're not going to show everything becoming the zone but it is going to happen right and so i think that like there is a movie, there is a way that the movie is very much about that kind of stasis right and i think it particularly shown that like the moment that it has the biggest stakes is so the right before the room the professor pulls out a bomb is going to use to blow it up right and yeah. it was like a top secret project that he worked on um but that was like ended or lost the funding or whatever but he like kind of compiled it and got got together and so they all have a big fight about whether to do it or not basically yeah. right um but you're right at the end of that the bomb doesn't go off and they're not convinced to go into the room right like they just put the bomb away and then the and then leave Right, come back. Um,
2: See, I, I sort of like the compare and contrast with the other films you've brought here, Grace. Yeah, because the other films, like, and I'll say with the exception of Babette's Feast, because I feel like God shows up there. Yeah. Um, but like, definitely in The Silence and and Last Temptation, like it's it's about the absence of it or the the persistence of faith to, despite the possible absence of it. Yeah. Here, the people don't show up. Yeah, yeah. Through the zone, they're given grace after grace after grace. But when they have the moment, when it's when they when it's within their grasp, they they sidestep it. They'd rather blow it up, or they don't feel worthy. Yeah. And 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 that has. I will say that has always been my read on it. Yeah, no, I think that's and, completely correct, and I, mean, I agree. With and you it totally. was, it was, it was one of those. And and like when I watched it that second time in a row, I was like, "That's what that is." And the, that is probably the one aspect of this film I clutch on so tightly, and I don't <laughs> say to people when I want to show them this. And to be fair, the reason I watched it a fourth time uh, it, last night, we have we have guests in town from Scotland, and uh, I'm like, "Y'all want to watch a, a weird Russian movie with me?" Mm-hmm. And Ewan, who I expected to say yes because he's, he's that dude, um, <laughs> he said he said yes, but then. Uh, Reba and his girlfriend Ruth were just in the room with us, and they also and I just watched them as they gradually fell asleep. <laughs> they, couldn't hang, they couldn't wait to see God. No, no, no yeah, it's, yes, it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> They didn't get to the room. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that also was for uh, not.
0: But like, but, bagel's uh, moving cups with his mind.
2: Uh, no, bagel was just staring at me the entire time. <laughs> um, but. Like so that's why I watched it a fourth time, but that is the thing that I keep returning to this movie. Yeah. Um but I also wanted to say the the significance that I've sort of there's the significance that I've f i have want I wanna say learned, um, but I think it's just something that has just popped up in my head just subjectively over time, is the significance of the coming home to the daughter and the wife. I think, ultimately, the Zone is the Stalker's work, and I don't feel like he feels complete unless he's done work. So when he comes home, he probably realizes he could go to that room, get his deep dark thoughts revealed for whatever reason. But then, when he comes home, he—I think—he still sees potential in his wife and daughter, and I think that's that keeps him out of the room. Yeah, I, I think it's as much thing. as the lack of worthiness. I think
1: there is like a element, or sort of an interesting view of like a religious leader as someone who like leads people through something, but isn't necessarily like in it to get the same thing, right? Yeah um and i think that's like an like it's an interesting dynamic and i think it informs like a lot of the because you know a lot of this movie is people talking <laughs> yeah you know and i think it is like an interesting wrinkle it is sometimes that stuff dialogue that i found kind of like um not necessarily didactic but very like straightforwardly metaphorical or sort of philosophically layered right that's yeah. like you know uh, but at the same time, I don't know, I, I both, because there are movies that I like that do that. Like, I like Wings of Desire a lot. That is a movie with a lot of people, like, saying the themes of the movie to the camera or to another character, mm-hmm. right? And so I don't always mind it. Uh, but, yeah, I think that was... God, wings of Desire is so good. <laughs> it's on <laughs> my list. It's
0: on my list.
2: Um, so yeah, it also, it does help that
1: that movie's more trans than this one is, so, you know.
2: That's true. Uh, I'm gonna ask the question just because this is. I've I've wanted to ask this since I talked to you about watching Stalker Grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would you say Stalker is Grace core? <laughs> this is very self indulgent. Uh,
1: I, I haven't really. I I guess I would say it is not. Um, okay. I think I think there are many ways on paper that that it it definitely and it definitely it makes sort of an interesting. I was gonna say triptych, but there's there's four movies actually now that we've watched together um Mm -hmm. so and it it does definitely like akin to that kind of stuff but yeah i do feel like it has a lot of separate sort of issues and concerns and i think actually one of the things like that makes a movie really hit for me or sort of tickles my aesthetic preoccupations um is sort of a material world Right, which this movie is kind of interested in not having. Like, something that's, you know, the insistence on, like, not having a pack, right? That, like, the professor's like, I have to bring my food with me, and the stalker's like, no, you know, God provides for the sparrows, he shall provide for you, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like, you know, and I think that that kind of stuff, like, is interesting and, like, does inform stuff in the movie. I'm not, like, knocking it. I'm not criticizing it in, in the sense that, like, I think that stuff is bad right or that's sure. poorly done or whatever but i think it does distance me emotionally from it you know okay if that if that makes sense so yeah so i, th- I i'd say yeah. it's it doesn't like it there are a lot of things about it. there's a lot of overlap uh okay but i don't think it quite fits into that um yeah
0: that's cool i i think for it to be grace core there needs to be just like a hint of more people having emotions.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think that's true. There's also... Because I... This is, like, the weird thing is I watched uh, Moonstruck. The night... You don't know Moonstruck? Uh, oh, I know yeah, it. Oh, I, oh, oh I love Moonstruck. Moonstruck fucking We're, owns.
2: Yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't
1: it? <laughs> fucking incredible movie. And that that was, like, such a... Because I think this was also, like... They're not really comparable movies. Although they do I guess both are about kind of, like, big divine or sort of supernatural encounters <laughs> Cause, yes you know because the moon is like this big thing right la bella luna it's
2: cosmos moon it's cosmos moon this is what I'm. it's saying. tarkovsky's zone <laughs> <laughs> um and
1: uh you know and so but i just felt very like man that that russian art film was mid but i fucking love this romantic comedy starring nicholas cage and chair <laughs> like that's real cinema and i, I felt oh, very shout, right. shout out to incredible. danny
2: aiello shout out to danny aiello he yes did no all right. oh the,
1: i mean the thing is like <laughs> yeah the, the supporting cast in that movie is unbelievable like oh she's, yeah. it's, it's a fucking great movie
2: yeah isn't olympia dukakis in that movie too yes yeah yeah she yeah, plays uh mom stacked
1: yeah it's so yeah. good she gets some of the oh god that like last thing where she's like chewing out her husband for you know oh yeah it's great oh like, yeah I, god and this is i think that's also the thing is that movie is so I, I i kind of don't believe in tone tonal swings being a bad thing but like the way it sort of like feels at once serious and funny at all times is amazing mm-hmm. it's perfect it never feels farcical even though it's often quite silly right like it, it's just yeah an impeccable movie
2: Anyway, sorry, Moonstruck hour. In short, watch Moonstruck. <laughs> <Yeah>. um,
1: <laughs> are,
0: are we are already on to uh, uh, what, what we've been watching? <laughs> but, no, but I, I like, kind of like final final thoughts on this, Matthew. I know you love it a lot, and you yes, you we surprisingly out talked you though on this episode. Um, I wanted to
2: take a backseat to both of y'all just because. But wait, o- like
0: overall, like for you, like what does this movie end up meaning to you? <clears throat>
2: Um, this movie will always be the movie that taught me to actively watch movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and while I get the, while I've, I mean, um, while I've learned about you know Tarkovsky as a person and the stories behind Stalker, and I liked I like the narrative that this is a movie that is just as much about. Tarkovsky leaving Russia as it is uh, three people going to find whatever it is they're looking for in the zone. Um, It's also, that's also very much what the Strugatsky brothers book is about as well. Like that's the central theme. Um, I will say this, uh, if you were to ever decide to play the stalker game, the original one, mm-hmm. read the Roadside Picnic book. And now that you've seen this, it's weird. And by weird, I mean kind of awesome how all three hang together as a representation of a thing. <laughs> it is Yeah, yeah. One of, like... I've well, never think... read the Witcher books. I've never re- I've never read the the Witcher books. I've never played the Witcher games.
0: Uh, Grace has a uh, has a few essays for you. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> oh no, I know. I know. <laughs> but
2: like having played S.T.A.L.K.E.R. and read Roadside Picnic and seen this film like man, there is there is a there is a talk about a special triptych representation of this idea yeah um yeah go ahead sorry i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that anyone should go play the 2006 xbox pc stalker because it's it's really it's really rough now it's 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 really rough now uh but like well i think that's i think that's something that's
1: really interesting about stalker as a cultural object is how much it feels like it's laid its influence over so many different mediums Mm -hmm. right that it's like you know that like it has like a literary lineage with roadside picnic and it has like this huge you know this is like in many ways it was interesting interesting because my roommate had seen a bunch of Tarkovsky before, but like didn't know about this movie, and that was like very surprising to me because I was like, "This is like the Tarkovsky movie, right?" Yeah. That, like, it, it's in, like, at this least or in the Solaris, like, yeah, it's like <laughs> in the American imagination anyway, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm you know, it, it's different in all sorts of different fields and like cultures, right? I, I'm sure, but like, um, and then also like in games, right? That like uh, you know, Metro Exodus recreates stuff from this movie, apparently. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that makes it, like, really interesting intersection objects in a way that, like, I do not think it is interesting to think through, like, Star Wars or Alien in that way, even though they have similar, like, cross-media, like, massive influence, right? Because stalker is such a particular kind of thing in a way that, like, mass culture has, like, condensed the peculiarities of something like Star Wars uh, into yeah, and sort of, like...
2: Star- Star Wars and Alien aren't, don't seem to be making that swing, or at least they don't yeah. seem to be sw- swinging as hard.
1: Yeah, well, they're just not, they're not, they're, they're, they're pop movies, you know? Like, I'm yeah. not, I'm well, not, I mean, not saying Alien. they're not artfully done, but like, and I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm like the biggest George Lucas stan on the face of the planet, but like, you know, yeah, it's a very different kind of thing, I think, um, yeah. Yeah, so I just think, yeah, I agree. I think that's very cool. I, I would love to play. I'm very curious about Stalker, Shadow of Chernobyl now. Um, yeah, it's... In a way that, like, I was before, but not in the same way, you know. And I really want to read the as well.
2: It's weird that the game takes more from the book than this movie does, because this movie does, like, this movie does not take any of the vignettes in the book verbatim at all. It right. takes the idea, and it, it takes, like, the skeleton of the book... And yeah. is really trying to distill it down to a philosophical idea. Um, that I mean, I, th- the book is also in line with that philosophy. But I also think that the book is also asking a bigger question about intelligent life in the universe, right? Um, because I think I mean that's what that's where Roadside Picnic comes from. If they come here, what are, what are they going to do? Much more than just have a picnic and leave whatever trash they decide not to. Yeah, yeah. And 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 then it's just, and then it becomes like, well, if this is their trash, what are they? Ha- it's 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 such a cool thought-provoking idea. Uh, Jesse, I think. And Jesse, you and Grace, final thoughts. Um. Uh, uh, oh, go ahead, Jesse. Sorry. I, I, I've well, got first something. You, I think you.
0: I think you had your thought more for, before I did.
1: Oh well, I'm just. Uh, have you read? have you read if either of you read Liz Ryerson's piece for Waypoint the doom mod that best describes our uncanny reality which is about no, the I zone
2: yes <laughs> also. oh that's yeah what yeah. a good
1: piece it's great um, yeah but yeah you should, it, it's about uh, alt L-A-T which is like kind of a like art doom mod um, mm-hmm. anyway really fast and I think yeah it just speaks to kind of this like like because even there's this obvious influence with uh, Stalker the game, right, which is like an adaptation in many ways of, of that story broadly, yeah. right but just sort of, yeah, that like there is this like this weird Doom mod that doesn't have this like direct relationship, but that is also kind of about like existing in this, you know, alternate space, like absolute mm-hmm. life transma- transformation is apparently what it stands for, right, that it's like there is this, this thing beyond anyway, it's really, yeah, really interesting piece worth reading, and I think it also speaks to kind of what is compelling about the idea of of the zone. Yeah.
2: Um, Agreed completely. Yeah.
1: Alright, anyway, go ahead, Jesse.
0: Yeah, I think uh, when the, when it comes down to Stalker, uh, it's one of those movies where I'm like, I am excited to, want to get the itch to watch it again because I know the itch will come, um, like a bad rash you can't get rid of. It will come back, but it's one of those things where I'm more interested in exploring. Tarkovsky's other works. I really want to watch Mirror at some point. Yeah, um, and I want to watch Solar. So I'm like, like in like getting this is like, this is a lot of people's favorites, and this is like, from my understanding, from the same people who told me that this is also a very challenging movie. It's also one of his least challenging movies. So I'm curious what the more challenging ones are compared to this. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we finally got to knock this off our list, and I, I don't. I don't regret it, and I think kind of like the zone itself, it's going to grow on me longer and longer, and eventually I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, Stalker. That's really all I can think about now,
2: huh? Well, the last bit of dovetailing I will do is, uh, this is sort of a bit personal, but um, when my father passed at the end of last year and we had to go home... I started reading Roadside Picnic on the flight there and knowing the, knowing who I am versus who my family is and what their thoughts are on the state of the world, it felt very appropriate that I was reading a book about going into a zone that is... Markedly different than the current reality that I experience day to day. And I think that is pro- that thought, and doing and finishing the book while I was at home, you know, morning with my mom and sister and family, um, and coming back, and that is that probably feeds into my desire to watch this movie a lot. Um, at least this year. And, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I think there's also something about, um, I don't know. I don't want to get all, like, tanky on this podcast, necessarily. Um, Oh, take away! Take away, Grace! But just, uh, just to say that, like, I think there is something about it being, both of these being works that come out of, um the soviet union and i think there's something interesting about this movie is it's and it is like it is uncritical. it is critical of the project of mm-hmm. the soviet union i think in really obvious and clear ways um but i think it is i think it is also critical in ways that i think are a little bit harder to pin down than some might characterize it because it's not really about sure. like communism being bad it's about how everybody you know there's like a mythic quality to life that must be preserved that like there must be something like the divine and like an understanding Mm -hmm. of sort of this kind of stuff to live and that is like essential to life in some way right um yeah and i think that there's something about yeah that's sort of like the possibility of a different world And that world constantly being sort of under threat and under scrutiny and under lock and key from the rest of the world. Right. There's like something going on there. I think in relationship to like what the Soviet union represents, represented, um, and represents still as like a space as like the possibility that like, you know, a working class revolution can be won and power can be held with all the, you know, with all the complexity and stuff that comes with that. Right. And I'm obviously not an expert on the Soviet union or any of this stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, I just think there's something going on there and that maybe resonates yeah, with your experience kind of like, because I've definitely felt like this too, like living, you, you know, there's a real way in which I think um, even just being aware of what America is and like all these sort of things makes you live in kind of a different reality than a lot of other people, right? Or a reality that they're, <clears throat> you know, it's that they live I guess version of this, as opposed to the zone version, maybe in some ways. Um, yeah, are we the ones right. with
2: the sunglasses,
1: or <laughs> <laughs> right? We, yeah, everyone <laughs> likes to think they're the ones with the sunglasses taken off. Uh, yeah, or with the sunglasses. I mean, yes, because that's the I haven't seen they live. So, um,
2: oh, never mind then. I think I, I hope. So I we're did having Grace back
0: on for they live. <laughs>
1: yeah, Please. no, I'm. Da- Listen, I like a, I like Carpenter a lot, uh, or I've only seen Carpenter's three movies. i'm like i'm like pondering this i i think christine is kind of grace core uh
2: yeah oh yeah christine is definitely grace core yeah a lot of like i don't know a lot of boys but then again i thought this was kind of gonna be but but yeah well i
1: i I, the thing is again i think it is in a lot of ways right like it's not Mm -hmm. it is it's it's just that like there are sort of ways that i'm preoccupied with some of these same subjects that Stalker is not, and so we just kind of, like, we just kind of pass sure. each other, I think. Oh, yeah, right? I, I'm, yeah I'm totally yeah. okay with that. Like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not. It's your I, genre, Grace, I'm just watching it. Right, <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just saying that, like, I understand why you watch this, or, you know, have seen this many times, right? And we're like, oh, yes. this is totally a Grace movie, like, I completely get mm-hmm. the the impulse there. Um, yeah, anyway, I hope, that, I hope that made sense, I don't want to, like, talk over your personal experience. Did. Yeah, um, agreed, agreed. But,
0: Grace, what have you been watching lately, other than Moonstruck?
1: Uh, well, let's see. What else have I been watching lately? Um, I've been watching Mad Men a little bit. I like it. I like those uh those cell boys. They're they're selling stuff. Um, <laughs> I so I have only seen the first couple episodes. Um, and also my my friend who kind of talked me into watching it. Um, well, actually, I have two friends. I have two dear friends. Who are both like, you should watch Mad Men. And so I'm like, okay. I will watch Mad Men. Um, and um, I don't know. I think the thing is, one of the things that is really frustrating to me about television generally right now. And this is somewhat coming from someone who does not consume a lot of television, right? So I might be talking out of my ass. But um, is that the, the budgets have increased a lot. And sort of the fidelity has increased a lot. But the craft um, has gotten, I think, actively worse, generally. Like, watching something like Cheers, especially like early Cheers, where it's like one set. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe two sets in an episode. Yeah. Right? And, you know, it's very, like, I'm I'm not out here being like, oh, that's incredible filmmaking or whatever. But it's pretty sharp and has a really nice, like, staging to it. It knows how to use, like, very simple arrangements to, like, communicate something about characters. It's all pretty flat, right? It's not like there's a ton to it or anything. Right. Um, but I think the craft is really evident. And I think something I appreciate about, I think, TV of that period is the sort of stage quality that it has. Or, like, that period in earlier, right? Um, and so you can <laughs> sort of see the craft. It's very visible, Right. Um, Whereas I think sort of the opposite, especially with, like, you know, something like Stranger Things, which is a lot of CGI effects, right? And sort of a lot of, like, big aesthetic swings, like these needle drops that have been getting so much news lately (laughs) and so much play on the radio, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But that's a show that is so, like, nakedly sort of mining stuff that is smarter than it is, right? Yes. And, And kind of, you know, like, it's just there's not a lot, like... There's just so little actual, like, craft happening. And sort of the aesthetic wash kind of obscures, like, how how thinly written and filmed it is. Um, at least, you know, this is I've only seen the first season, so, like, maybe it gets... Uh, you know, I, I'm being too generous to it, honestly. But, like, that's, you know, that's kind of my feeling. And I feel like a lot of TV is kind of this way. I think, like... I mean, Obi-Wan is also this, too, for me, right? Is that, like like, watching... You know, I know that I'm like the prequel. I'm not the prequels. I a lot of people like the prequels. It's like not a. It's not even like a countercultural opinion to enjoy the prequels at this point. But like, yeah. I think those movies are genuinely really, really well, well crafted, and especially because like George has a real interest in like classic Hollywood, in in samurai, in like you know a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is evident in you know, of course, the original stars, but it's also all throughout, you know. The, the the prequel trilogy right in a way that like every star wars show is aesthetically interested in star wars <laughs> <You know>? yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right and like and i think this is part of like the the like sort of hellscape that we live in to some degree right uh and the thing is i guess is, to get to mad men i think mad men has a lot of craft that is very forward and is also kind of interesting because it's playing in this you know a lot of mad men or the couple episodes I've seen of it is on one set they have like the the office set right that mm-hmm. is a good chunk of every episode right And so there is sort of this play of, like, recontextualizing or moving around that space, seeing the same characters move in and interact with that space in different ways, right? You get that, but then you also sometimes get the little more flashy... There are all these big needle drops in it, right? Um, Yeah, I I do think right now sometimes it can feel, like, a little forceful or obvious. Um, You know, I think... um, yeah but i i'm generally i'm sort of like in sort of contrast to a lot of tv i, I watch or have watched lately it's been like oh wow like this is really like there was a sort of a lot of sort of um premeditation going into this right that you can sort of feel and see on the screen um yeah yeah so i'm, I'm definitely curious about it and like i'm interested to see like and i i, I hear people tell me that like I don't know if it just gets better, or better, but like it, like from season one to like season four, it just is progressively better, and so I'm curious to see how I feel about that, and yeah, you know, how that will shake out. But
2: I would be interested in talking to you about your journey through Mad Men. Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll keep you posted. Um, <laughs> because
2: man, I have some thoughts about that show, and nobody
1: agrees with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, you know. I'll keep you posted. So. I don't... Uh, yeah, well, also, this will be... I mean, I have, like, a bunch of friends who are, like, interested in, you know, keeping... Oh, yeah. Updated, yeah. I
2: can I, I. can assume that everyone wants the grace yeah. tank. <laughs> well, I guess I also... Uh,
1: okay, I guess another thing I really appreciate about the show, even though I think sometimes this can be a little forceful, is I, I really like the way that it kind of picks at or it sort of looks at the way... There's a lot of nuances to how, like, Don Draper operates as a character. That especially, like, getting the sort of, like, cultural wash of, like, what he is through other Mm -hmm. stuff. I was like, oh, this is actually, like, a way more interesting guy than, like, I... And there's, you know, I think the sort of way that, like... The way that he is misogynistic, but that he deploys that very deliberately in, like, certain... You know, that's, like, really interesting. And I'm just curious, because it feels like nuanced and careful in a way that like a show about this is like quite literally about of like a bunch of awful men like controlling and abusing all these women in the office and like that they're married to and all this stuff right like it's just literally just what is happening right yeah. it has a lot of careful consideration of like the nuances of how that works and how who that affects and i think that's like yeah it's just appreciated and i don't think i think there were a lot of shows that would be made now that would be a lot more blunt and thereby kind of less effective and less interesting um, Yeah So But yeah I guess I don't You know That's very tentative right Sure um,
2: Very tentative I Me mean, Yeah For Season, season one is, Season one of any TV show Is kind of like The shaky one Yes And I definitely and like
1: f- Felt that I Or have been yeah. feeling that Yeah Um yeah. But yeah go ahead Sorry
2: Oh did you, were you watching anything else? Uh
1: i'm taking a look here uh not really i watched pride 2014 movie about uh about uh lesbians and gays raining money for the minor strike in the in in 84 um weird movie i don't think i liked it um (laughs) it's it's i don't know it's very it's it's like it piles this like un just kind of foundationally like extremely tragic and like brutally sad story that is about like the decimation of like british labor organization Mm -hmm. and like the mass death of queer people and aids and kind of puts it into like a like you know with some tragic moments but still like a feel-good um like inspirational story framework and i think it yeah that's that's, that's the problem I have with it, is I feel like the, the movie is, a ver- is like, a real fucking bummer and does a, a lot of effort to try and hide or obscure that, or, like, turn that into something positive, where... I don't feel like you can do that with AIDS.
2: Yeah, all these people died, but no, we feel good at the end, it's fine.
1: Yeah, and, like... Well, and, and I don't
2: think you can do that about the British labor... Like, Thatcher
1: decimated this, and her work is just continuing on. Yep. Right? Like, Brexit <laughs> is, like... Uh, all this stuff is like connected to that moment in history like and this is the same thing for like Reagan yeah. in the US right it's like these are same, yeah. historical monsters who destroyed so many good things and like yeah. the resistance to them like largely failed and yeah and I'm not saying those people aren't like obviously like act up all these people are heroic they're heroes right I'm not trying to be like sure, they didn't do yeah. enough or whatever I'm just saying yeah. like that there is a fundamental tragedy to those stories that I think has to be reckoned with like foundationally if you were going to tell them even in a a dramatized format um and yeah i don't feel like it quite does enough to to do that um but it's i mean the thing is it's also your mileage may vary it's quite charming there's a lot of actors like bill nighy is in it in a very reserved performance or unusually reserved performance from what i've seen from him he's quite good like everyone's kind of doing good work in it you know so um but so yeah yeah that's the other thing i watched
2: Okay, well, I watched stalker four times so I didn't really have much time to watch anything. <laughs> else.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, kind of, I did want to watch the like bonus features, the interviews that are on the criterion set because my wife got it as a present for me some months ago. Uh, but' I didn't get Oh nice. The essay um, in that was good was helpful and helped me sort of contextualize that. So shout out to that.
2: But I, I am uh, I am almost to the end of berserk in terms of what is available via the deluxe edition volumes i am at the mm. last one that's currently out so so there will be like one more there's i think there's right. two more set to come out oh okay one of them one of them comes out in like 8 days and then another one comes out in august i believe or mm. no august or late august or early september and then chapters have started coming out Right uh, the post the post Mira chapters and I'm probably I haven't decided if I'm going to finish the deluxe volumes and then continue on immediately or just wait till those happen but um, berserk is one of the best things I've ever read uh, yeah, I'm not it. I'm not like I haven't read a ton of the classics. Um, and I haven't read a lot of uh, modern, like I say, pivotal. But like usually, when when folks in, like Grace and I are in the abnormal mapping community, when folks are talking about a new book, there, like I've missed a lot of those. Um, and I Jesse helped me. Uh, earlier in terms of picking out a book like i am like okay i'm like i have these three books (laughs) i can only get two of them and i had to drop house of leaves at jesse's advice i will come back to house of leaves eventually but not yet yeah Um, so like but Berserk is Berserk is amazing. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure I,
1: Berserk I... is better than House of Leaves, a book I do not like. <laughs> <So>. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well,
2: when I get to it, I'll talk to you. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean.
1: Uh, yeah. Funny, funny, I actually read it with Ty of Uppercut, uh, and we both did oh, nice. not like it. So.
2: Okay. I know. I know. Jesse. Uh, Jesse said it was good, but. Uh, the amount of work it asks you to do on top of just reading it seemed a bit. Fortuitous.
1: Yeah, I think. Well, I think the thing is that I, the. Well, I mean, okay, we don't need to talk about House of Leaves, but uh, Borges did it better. And like, it's just like you can read like a Borges short short story and get what you get out of House of Leaves, and it takes like you know, a sixteenth of the time less. Mm. Um, that is my feeling about it.
2: That'll be an interesting compare and contrast work, so... Yeah.
1: Well, because it's also something... It's something that House of Leaves is, like, pretty explicitly in conversation with. Um, Okay. Yeah. Because I think think Borges is cited multiple times. It comes up a couple times. There's, yeah, there's, like, stuff that Borges is interested in that that House of Leaves is also interested in, so the comparison is unavoidable. But I think it's funny that he was like, yeah, I'm gonna do a Borges thing, and then writes a, like, fucking so long book. And Borges short stories (laughs) are, like, famously very... Condensed. Um, you know, I, I don't think you showed the you guy You meandered while
2: did it tightly. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's basically how I feel about it, right? Um, although, yeah, maybe there's, and to be clear, there's stuff going on. It's like, a, I think it's a good book to read. There's interesting things happening in it. Um, like, there's a reason that there's a lot of hullabaloo about it. Uh, I, I sure. don't care for
2: it, personally. Okay. All right. Jesse. Yes. What you been watching?
0: I don't remember ever why I leave off when we talk about what I've been watching. That's okay. Cause I watched too many things in between these recordings.
2: I mean, I'm okay with repeat business. I did mean, I did, wa- I did watch Stalker a counter. lot.
0: So <laughs> say that again. Did we talk about the card counter? No. Um, why did I click on top gun Maverick? I did see that again. That's also very fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- uh, the card counter is a 2021 Paul Schrader film. Um, if you don't know Paul Schrader, he wrote Taxi
2: and directed wrote, other stuff and wrote other things. He wrote things. Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver, sorry, not, not taxi, the Taxi. Taxi and Taxi Driver, very different. different, different
1: <laughs> um, he also, See, he also Tony co-wrote... Tony Danza
2: is in one of them, but I'll give <laughs> um, He also
1: co-wrote Last Temptation of Christ. Yes.
0: Um, yes, and directed First Reformed. Yes. Uh, so basically, this I think the card counter is a nice... Um, Dual feature with first performed because it's basically like, man, guys, America kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's basically what the conversation is. But about poker, um, and so it, it's very interesting how to see all that tie in. It has some very interesting performances. A very subdued but also outrageous performance by Willem Dafoe in it, uh, God, which I, love I, that did, man. I did not know he was in that movie. <laughs> until I, I forgot that movie. he was
1: like, in it, but yeah, yeah, I've not seen it also, but. Um,
2: um. America kind of uh, sucks, I call
0: <laughs> yeah kind of I, it it's it's interesting it's about a poker player who you learn eventually was a part of uh interrogation teams in Guantanamo and and got and got basically blamed for it all when wood Defoe's character might have been actually the mastermind behind everything um, So, yeah, very interesting <laughs> <sighs>
1: yeah
0: um it, it, I mean the same thing of like first Reformed starts off like that's just a nice. Ethan Hawke movie about him being a priest talking to a guy who might be a little radical and then things happen. Um, I watched Mad God, the Phil Tippett movie. Um, That movie's weird. The movie's very bizarre. I don't know if it's good but I really enjoyed watching someone make something completely what they wanted to do. Okay. Uh, A couple other ones I want to talk about real fast. I watched Party Girl, which is a 1958 noir movie.
2: And oh
0: yeah, I, I just I just really like noir from this era. Noir's also, good, man. It's just it's when it's good, it's some of the best melodrama that you can ever watch in your life. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched Michael Mann's Miami Miami Vice, um, and that movie should have been an HBO ten episode uh, limited series and not a two hour movie. Not because it's, like, bad, but it's because these two characters we're supposed to believe are, like, really good friends and, like, great cop buddies, and you get no time with them. They're almost never on screen together. It's very, very weird. Who's in the Miami Vice? Jamie Foxx and, uh... Colin Farrell, um, right? Colin Farrell, yeah. Mm -hmm. No. Which I guess Jamie Foxx pitched Miami Vice to Michael Mann after, like, um, Enemy of the State, I think. Mm. Oh no, Ollie. Is- he, he he, pitched no. it to him. Like, a, 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 to him, oh, would like, it have Ali. been
2: collateral?
0: No, no. Like, he was like at the party for like Ollie. He's like, hey, would you ever thought about maybe Revisiting. doing my Vice again?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, uh, and- enemy of the state is Tony Scott, not Michael Mann.
0: Yeah. I was like, it's like it's one, it's one of those movies. In my yeah. Party. I mean, they're
1: kind of, I mean, they're kind of like vulgar tour guys, I guess.
0: Uh. Um. And then yesterday, while I had a an, a, a day off, uh, I watched Dead Poet Society because I'd be putting it off. And that movie, I really, I really enjoy that movie. And that movie uh, maybe ruined my day in a very good way.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that movie will do it.
0: So yeah, that's all. That's I mean, I watched a bunch of other stuff, but nothing worth mentioning really for the sake of this show. Watched a lot of popcorn stuff in between.
2: Um, Nice. I watched Cocktail. Uh, That movie was bad. I didn't know. Yeah, that. that, I remember. I remember when I was. I would have been what six when that came out. Loved it when I was six. I'd, that's a six-year-old's movie. I can see I that. loved that when I was six. And then, you know, I turned seven and like, man, this movie isn't that good, is it?
0: Movie is. A lot A lot of things it's trying to say, but doesn't say anything. Doesn't um, say a
2: word.
0: In, in two weeks, we're going to watch uh, The Player by... Um, it's Robert Altman. It's Robert, yeah, I was going to say it's Robert Altman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is, is currently on HBO Max, so it should be there in two weeks still. I think um, so, I'm yeah. Very, I'm very excited to watch The Player. Everybody keeps talking about how good The Player is, and I have not
1: seen it yet. Yeah, my, it's one of my dad's favorite movies. Uh, which, you know, not as, I think that could be good or bad. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I recently watched Robert Altman's Three Women, which rocks. Oh, what a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that I've seen two so Altman
2: much. movies, so this will be my third. Yeah. What what two Altman have you seen, Jesse? I've seen The
0: Long Goodbye... Oh, yeah, yes. I'm trying to think about the other one. I've Did seen. you see M.A.S.H.? No, I haven't watched M.A.S.H., which is surprising because I watched all of M.A.S.H. last yeah. year. The show, so, but I've never <laughs> yeah. seen the movie. Um, it's, it, that's also on HBO Max. Was it so California was Split? On. Yes, that's what I watched. That's also okay. very good.
2: Yeah, California Split rules. I like um, Gould,
0: man. What a treasure. Yeah. What a treasure that man is. Um, wow.
2: I'll save a lot of my Altman ramblings for two weeks from now. Uh, surprise butter. Elliot Gould uh, in
0: uh, the Lincoln Lawyer Netflix TV show. He's in like one episode, and it's like, oh, Elliot Gould's still doing stuff. Huh. Yeah, he was uh, in the Oceans
2: movies, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, but that was like
2: almost 20 years ago at this point. Oceans 13? What was that? Oceans 13 is was in
1: 2007. It's 15 years ago. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Still old.
2: What Got is it? time?
0: <laughs> We're old now. Um I think you guys for listening to this no. show. <laughs> <laughs> you can find this show on twitter at free Rilling it you can email us anything you want to email us at free it at gmail.com matthew where can people find
2: you you can find me at infinite underscore rewind everywhere i'd like to be i also do uh co-host a couple of other pods one with jesse's and mine um, i think grace's mutual friend caroline yeah. um it's called it's called trivial merit we make playlists uh to get us and hopefully you from a negative mood to a positive one uh, within the catalog of an artist. Our next one we are doing is the wonderful Bonnie Raitt. Uh, neither Caroline nor myself are very familiar with her work, but that does that's never stopped us before. I also do co-host a podcast about playing video games with three friends. Uh, it's called Story Route Zero. We basically talk about what we're playing and maybe some news, And the folks at Scanline Media have allowed me to become part of the Bald Gun Guy podcast, which is a playthrough of the modern Hitman trilogy. We are in the middle of Hitman 2, about to record Whittleton Creek. Check us out. Grace, where can people find you?
1: Uh, You can find me on Twitter.com at Grace underscore Machine. I also do a podcast uh, with my buddy Ryan about survival horror games uh we covered silent hill 2 last week uh which is kind of one of the greatest fucking games ever made kind of hard to argue yeah it's really good um and we're covering fragile dreams. my friends
0: play silent hill 2 with me so i cannot get scared it is okay and the thing is yeah no, like silent
1: hill 1 did not bother me at all silent hill 2 is pretty like it's all part of it is that the subject matter is like i think additionally more intense um but it is pretty fucking scary um,
0: I get scared at games. That's one of the few things that literally scares me. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: <laughs> there's yeah. There's yeah. It's good. It's good. Good game. Um, and this month we're playing Fragile Dreams, Farewell Ruins of the Moon, which is a kind of survival horror game for the Wii. Um, it's I've I've only put like an hour or so into it so far, um, but it's really interesting and I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, yeah. That that's basically it. Like I post my work on uh, on Twitter mostly, and you can find me at Gamespot and Paste uh, these days, um, as well as elsewhere across the internet. Yeah.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at sleeper of the bed. I have a newsletter that I've been slowly working on. Um, I, this is the longest I've sat in a computer chair, chair consecutively in the last week, so I hopefully will have something out next week for talking about how I think Star Wars might be the most important piece of pulp culture uh, anything in the last. 40 years or something I yeah know, that's unfortunately true point. i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> but just kind of mm-hmm. like how i've been noticing more and more it's 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 tentacles and everything and yeah. not that it's a bad thing really but it's, i think it's super fascinating no well i yeah i guess i both because
1: I, well, I guess no one's no one's pulling from the prequels unfortunately really
0: but i uh, that's i i would argue that i think somewhat they are they just don't well know okay no wait no, right
1: no yes you're right because like the the model of filmmaking that the MCU is based off like comes directly out of the prequels and the matrix sequels. Yep. Uh, yep. They just fucking suck at it. It fucking terrible at it. I am. A...
2: Who's so. <laughs> who's terrible? Marvel or Oh,
1: Marvel. Marvel.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: I would I would not impugn the Wachowskis or Lucas with such <laughs> Even though they're like obviously, you know, flawed filmmakers in many ways, but uh, yes
0: yeah Matthew who does our theme song
2: my buddy Jason he goes by deadeye all caps um, dead dash i you can find his work on Spotify his album is called Bloodshed Kingdom and he was also part of a duo that released one of the best reggae albums I've ever heard in 2013 the duo is called the Hope Street steppers the album is called Black Lightning. Uh check out his work. It's purchasable on Bandcamp. He's a wonderful dude. And uh he's very talented, and I'm not saying that because he's one of my closest friends. I'm saying that because I actually believe
0: it. And remember everybody, uh the zone is where the heart is.
2: Nicely done, Jeff. Thank
0: you. I think it's the best ending we've ever done.
2: <laughs> Nicely done. I'm stopping my recording.
1: I'm a fan of backups. generally speaking Yeah,
0: things. I'm a fan of my mom. That's my Ramy Malik impression. <laughs> Sorry, I'm be bopping around. <laughs> Have you not seen that video? Which video? That's uh, I don't know who he uh, who he's doing. I think it might be a variety interview. Uh, but Ramy Malik is they're like, who, like, who are you a fan of? And he goes, I'm a fan of my mom. And he's like staring very intently at the camera. Though it's like this is how this is how it
1: begins. Hmm I think I've seen okay. I think I've seen that clip Is it like
0: It was a big meme for a minute
1: Yeah Well because he's like I'm a fan of Laying on the back porch And feeling the sunshine on my face Yeah yeah he I, goes I'm like a fan a of list. You know My pet I don't know why I'm giving Rami Malik like a southern Inflection here <laughs> um,
2: But You know I think the vibes call for Yeah. It. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's just a simple it's very uh, the country deliverance boy who loves dubstep. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, I'm not from the South, but being from rural Iowa, every so often I put a little draw on it just because it makes it it seems right. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to appropriate or disrespect, but sometimes when you talk about sitting on a porch, you could you can have
0: a draw. <laughs> it's from California. I never would have picked him for a California boy. Ooh, Ramy Malik. Yeah. He's also 41. I did not
2: think he was that old. Oh, Jeez, wow. I did, I did not realize, did not realize wonder, he was almost my is, age.
1: Yeah. I mean, everyone in Until Dawn looks like an adult, but um, it does make me curious about when that was mo-capped.
0: I fr- he was in a sitcom in 2005, so that makes sense. Like yeah. He was like a teenager in that, so. A Michael Rappaport sitcom. Much. Oh jeez! Do with that what you will. Michael
1: Ravenport. Who's, who's on a sitcom? Who, who is Michael Ravenport?
0: Do you remember that um that viral video of like the really ugly cat? And then there was like a Boston guy yelling about the ugly cat over the video. That's what he's <laughs> famous
1: for on the internet. <laughs> That's what he's famous for. Okay.
2: On the internet, uh, he was he was also in. Uh, he was on a bunch of stuff. He was. He, he did a. I, mean, I don't know if you're familiar with Chappelle's show, but he did a cameo in that. That's pretty good. He's in Deep Blue Sea.
0: Yeah. That's oh, he's in Deep Blue Sea.
2: Yeah, Deep Blue sea. Okay. Yeah. 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 He's one of those faces. I don't have a pot to piss. Oh, I know who he is. To throw it out. Um, All I've got is fucking Floyd.
1: <laughs> oh boy, he's in three episodes of Twenty
0: Four. Oh yeah, right
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah he's definitely not i don't think he's (laughs) yeah Yeah. um i should finish uh mr robot at some point
1: do you do you need to do you have to finish i like
0: the, like (laughs) the first season so i feel like i should at some point
1: yeah i mean sure i don't i know nothing about mr robot um I just, any, anyone I, I tells they, me a TV show I'm, is good, I'm like, is it? Is it good? No, uh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> is it really good? Is it actually good? I, 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 I
0: know, like, uh, just based on our Letterboxd re- reviews, me and Grace are not, uh, not the same fans of Obi-Wan. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, but, uh,
2: uh, yeah. I mean, I, I know from our conversations, that's probably, <laughs> that was probably the case. <laughs> it's okay, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's, yeah, nothing,
0: uh. Yeah. Don't <laughs> leave us all and start fights.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Go. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's, uh, let's right. start fights.
2: Let's, let's sync up. Um, right. uh, oh, wait. I should probably get time dot is. I'll wait for you guys. Oh, okay. Let me know. Yeah, how I also time it dot
1: is. Well, oh, we really got clapcast material on this, so you can do with that whatever you will, I suppose. Should we do it at 9? Yeah,
2: let's do it at 9.